This is Timestamp, the podcast dedicated to capturing this moment in time. I'm Amy Breslow. Today's episode, Beauty in Unexpected Places. My guest today is Jennifer, who identifies as a cisgender white woman and a mother. Be advised the content of this episode may not be suitable for children or sensitive listeners. So the most meaningful thing for me right now is beauty and not just the external quickly passing um, beauty that can be commercialized and sold. And uh, it's beauty that inspires the soul and inspires me to keep looking for the good and to find again awe and wonder. And some days it's harder to find that beauty. Other days it's right there at, right there at my doorstep. There's so much ugliness right now in the world, particularly in the way our so-called leaders are speaking about and to and at each other. There's so much ugliness being spat in the um, realm of social media the way people are treating this world. It's like beauty is the, the redeeming quality that is helping me shift my attention away from the ugliness so that I can see that the world is somewhere that I want my son to grow up in and thrive in. To be able to interact with people, to be able to like, look at my son and play with him and and show him like this is still a good place to be you know even when there's the ugliness happening even when people are being killed for the color of their skin or their beliefs or their their how they choose to love in the world Portland is an interesting situation. I have been wondering the truth about what's actually happening there because I'm about four hours or so drive outside of Portland. From the inside, people who are living there, some of them are saying life is going on as usual. And so the picture that's being painted for the rest of the country is not a true picture. And then there are others, of course, that are right in the middle of the protest who have a very different lived experience of it. And I don't personally know anybody who is in the midst of it. And so it's just got me thinking about the truth, the lived experience of what is happening in not only in Portland, but what is happening in different cities and regions around this country. What we are seeing is being filtered and manipulated for us to feel more fear or panic um, than 
maybe is actually the truth of the situation. So it's it's concerning to me. There's the the um the gap between reality, the lived and what I mean by reality is the lived experience and what is being portrayed to us looking at the situation from the outside. So not being actually in Portland, I don't know. There was one other thing. Oh, about about Portland and about the picture that's being portrayed to the rest of the country and even to the rest of Oregon. We got the um, the little booklet preparing us for the upcoming elections, and I was shocked to read the Republican statement about Portland. They emphasized the violence in Portland and how, like, if we don't get control of this situation, it's going to destroy our beautiful state and not only destroy our beautiful state, but destroy the soul of the country. And I was just shocked to think, like, how can you be speaking about soul? Like that was something that just like going back, going back to beauty, right? Like beauty is the realm of the soul and to be, and to twist soul and to like manipulate that word and to threaten with fear and, and lies that there's, there's violence at the heart of this beautiful city that violence is going to spread across the country. And so protect yourselves and vote in this way. It just, it, it really agitated me. I was um, horrified by the way reality, reality was being twisted and the, that realm of soul was being twisted and manipulated by fear. So I was reading a couple days ago about heartbreak and how when you look to heartbreak, when you look at what actually breaks your heart, then you find what really matters to you, like what you're really passionate about and um, or what not only what breaks your heart, but also what stirs stirs your um your anger and like not not anger in the destructive anger but anger in that sense of um of justice and uh the other day i was walking down the street with my um my son in his stroller we are taking advantage of the beautiful fall weather while we can before the snow comes and i saw the people standing outside of Planned Parenthood with their signs, their pro-life signs. And every time I see them, these groups of people with their signs, it stirs me up into so much anger. I want to flip up my middle fingers and just say, fuck you, go home and really learn again what it means to be a Christian. Like every time I see this, uh, it 
makes me my blood boil. Well, it just seems so um, relevant with the potential new Supreme Court justice. And uh, it's just, it's such a stark contrast for me to see such blatant judgment around women and choice and freedom and love. So many of the people that are pro-life are very much rooted in their Christian beliefs, being truly rooted in Christianity. And I grew up a Christian, and I eventually left the church because of the judgment against people and the exclusion um, of people based on their choices, based on how, not even their choices, but based on how they live and how they love. So I, I had to leave the church when I see people with their signs outside of Planned Parenthood shaming women for their their choices around their body, not knowing their story. Again, this is not giving women an opportunity to tell their story, you know, and, and to and to live their story in the way in, in the way that their their heart is guiding them to live. It not only horrifies me, but it really, really angers me. And it's one of those things, it, it breaks my heart to the point where I'm just like, what can I do to change this? This is something that I need to step in and do something about. When I was early on in my relationship with my now husband, I got pregnant and it wasn't time to have a child. And I had never thought personally about abortion. Um, I just thought, well, my, my mother is a pediatrician and she values life and I value life. And, but I don't need to think much further than that. And then I got pregnant and I knew it's not time. And so I chose to go to Planned Parenthood. And the day that I walked in with my, my boyfriend, who is now my husband, holding his hands, there were the people there with their, um, you know, their signs and the picture of the bloody aborted baby. I walked right past them and they tried to sway me from going in. And there was something in me that just rose up. This, I think this was the first time that I really felt what I'm feeling now. When I looked at them and I just said, fuck you. And I walked right into the clinic and I sat there and my husband was holding my hand and had the procedure. And in that moment, I felt so empowered. Like this is what it means to truly make a decision. And I am so grateful that I can make this decision for myself, for my husband, my soon-to-be husband, for the child that isn't going to be born into this world. And I, um, when I was then in the waiting room in the back, just recovering, I had 
the deepest compassion and connection with the other women who were recovering. And some were so sad. Some were crying. Some had this like sense of numbness and reserve. Some had this sense of anger. And I was sitting there bathed in love, love for myself, love for all these women, love for all the people that made this possible. And so now looking at the possibility of abortion rights being taken away, I mean, I don't even have words for it. When I see an American flag, my heart contracts. And when I hear the term United States of America, there's such a disconnect for me. And inside, I'm like, no, we're not united. This is not the United States. Like, I wish, I wish I could look at the flag and love what it stands for. But when I see it being flown on the back of a pickup truck with the current president's name, 2020, make America great or keep America great, my heart contracts. Like this is not united. This is not unity. This is not equality. This is not freedom for all or justice for all. And I want something different. And given that we are within weeks of the election, it is so, so important to go vote, to put your actions behind your thoughts and your deepest heart feelings. We have to still have hope. And there must be a place in the future for unity and for freedom and for justice. Yeah, so I grew up uh, with both parents, officers in the Navy. And most of the places we lived, we were living on naval bases. And... I felt such a deep sense of safety and security. We would drive through the gates and I would feel that I was under a veil of protection. And it was this idyllic place, the neighborhoods. We could just go out all times of the day or night and run across the base and we were safe. That was my experience. And my experience of the military were these these men and women that were good-hearted people and that were serving their country, but also serving and taking care of, of us and of each other. And there was like almost a sense of family. Both of my parents were, were doctors as well. And so going and receiving health care in, in the, this context, it's like socialized health care, right? Where everyone was taken care of, whatever you needed, in terms of medical care, was provided. And so it was a very idyllic way of growing up. I'm so sad to see 
what has happened in our country now. I, I would look to my dad. He went to the Gulf War when we were um, living in Japan. And I remember thinking of him as a hero being there. I remember thinking of the other men and women who are like parents. They were parents to my, my friends in school being so courageous and so brave. And now it saddens me to see that there is such a disconnect between private citizens and the military. And gosh, when I hear the president speaking about the military and, oh, I heard him, what he said, what about John McCain and how he wasn't a hero because he was captured, that hurts my heart. These, these men and women are so brave. They were so brave. They are still so brave. And to have their livelihood, their purpose cheapened, you know, losers and suckers, just destroys me. Like these are brave people. And I, I have very different beliefs than my, um, my brother-in-law, who is now active in the military. Yet I'm open to hearing what he has to say. And he is a good person. And he knows things about foreign policy and about the state of affairs that I can't even begin to understand. And so I really enjoy listening to him and just suspending all of my thoughts about how things are so that I can seek to understand. And when I hear him speak with intelligence and with certainty and with heart, then I can begin, then I can begin to understand more. And that those are the kind of conversations that I want to have. I want to actually have conversations between people that are seeking to understand each other. Thanks for listening. Timestamp is produced by me, Amy Breslow, with IT support from Alex Moreno and original music by Maddie Schuler. You can find us at timestamppodcast.com and can subscribe on Apple, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll be back in one or two weeks with the next episode. Until then, take care and be well.